Your hope for your nine-time World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. Your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. Your 17-time NBA champion, Boston Celtics. Your six-time Stanley Cup champion, Boston Bruins. Your 11-time national champions in football, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Your 51-time Scottish Premier League champion, Celtic football. Your six-time English Premier League champion, Chelsea football. Your... Gonzaga men's basketball team, your Wright State baseball team, and your five-time national champions in hockey, the Boston College Eagles. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea, also known as the Junkyard Dog, also known as the T.O. Swiggins, and you can't change that. All right, a little, a little choppy, but a little choppy with the intro, but getting a little better. Well, crap. Crap. Notre Dame is undefeated no more, and in a game that they needed to win, too. Uh, crap. Uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Part of my language, but still. How? I don't know. All right. So, yeah. And before Christmas, this is, this is going to be the last episode we do for this year, 2020. We're going to take next week off during Christmas. We're just we're not going to record an episode. So, we're going to have like... um. Basically, yeah, we're going to talk about the news of the week. Then our book report that we did on the Gipper book that we just finished reading. We did promise we'll do that, so we'll get into that. We'll talk a little bit about fantasy. We got done with um, our Yahoo drafting for hockey. And by the way, hockey is coming back for um, the NHL. Yeah, they decided last night that we're bringing hockey back. It is official now. Hockey will be returning, so the Bruins will be playing hockey and so it'd be great. And all players had to report to their teams and quarantine in their respective cities and teams. Yeah. Starting now. Yeah. Or as soon as possible kind of deal because the season is heading up pretty soon for hockey in like three or four weeks. So get to it. Yeah. Get to it. All right. So let's get over. So last time we talked, we said that we were going to talk about the Chelsea football game and the Boston College hockey game, and that would be their last game for until this or until next year, which is in January. So to say, like next year, as in the twenty twenty next year half of the 2020-2011 or twenty twelve or twenty eleven or twenty 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 one season. Yeah, I just bleep. I just screw that up mightily. All right. So here we are. So let's see. Chelsea played uh, Everton um, last time we talked. And sad to say, folks, their win streak came to an end as they lose, or at least lost their first game in a while. This time to Everton with a 1 nothing goal or 1 or 1 nil loss. Basically, uh, hurts their chances at the English Premier League. We'll talk about that right now. But there's really nothing to go over so far because Chelsea did not score a single goal that entire game. So there's no point really talking about. I will go over that one goal by Everton. Well, that's about it. Yeah, it was from uh, G. Sergensen. Sergensen, and that was a penalty kick. And that was like 22 minutes into the game. And up until then, nothing else. 1-0, Chelsea lost. So not really great. Not great at all. 
So right now, as of this episode, we are 0-1 in uh, games. All right, let's see. Go to Boston College. They played uh, Connecticut for the last game they would play in this half of the 2020-21 season until next January when they do play uh, Northeastern. And I got to say, they did finally have their undefeated streak come to an end as they lose to UConn in a free or free to one defeat on the Saturday afternoon in Struts or Struts, Connecticut. So we're like basically the home ice of the Connecticut Huskies. Yeah. So we'll go over that. So the, so basically um, here are the scoring summary. So Johnny Evans of uh, Connecticut got a goal, make it one, nothing UConn. Then Mark, uh, Got or got home, got a goal for Connecticut to make it two nothing in the second period. Then another one by Nick uh, Capone to make it three to nothing uh, Connecticut. And then the only uh, BC uh, goal was a power play goal by uh, for, by a uh, Bruins prospect Trevor Cantor to uh, make it a three to one uh, Connecticut lead. But that's where the final score would stand as Connecticut finally loses their first game of the regular season and they are undefeated no more. And that's their last game until this January. And when they play against, I believe Northeastern, but I could be wrong on that. I wonder if they have the bean pot this year. If I probably wouldn't think so because of COVID during the pandemic. All right. So their next game is January the 8th on a Friday against Northeastern. So I was right in Boston. All right. So I was right, but at home in Boston because Northeastern and BC are in the same town in Boston. Yeah, Boston, Massachusetts. All right, so let's see what the hockey standings are as of after, yeah, as of Hockey East. I hated how Yahoo always does this to us. Like I type something up and then it basically just uh, pops it like, like I put type in hockey standings. I type it in. I hit enter the search, and then basically it just says, oh, you mean the type hockey? No, I, well, I was searching for hockey, but I'm in hockey east. Like, that's just a generic, I don't know. All right. So it looks like Boston College is still in first place in the hockey east, the hockey east uh, conference. So, okay, good. Right behind them is Northeastern, the ne their next opponent. Then uh, UMass, UConn, New Hampshire, um, Providence, Merrimack. Uh, Maine, uh, Boston University, where Charlie McAvoy, Bruins up player, went to Vermont, and in dead last place is uh, UMass Lowell. Well, actually, it's tied for uh, ninth place slash last place between Boston or uh, Boston University, Vermont, and UMass Lowell. All right, All right. so the loss didn't really totally hurt hurt BC. In a way, didn't really like knock him out of first place in the hockey East uh, standings. All right, we'll take that. All right. So, what other news of the week happened? All right. So after that, so Celtic football played uh, Kilmark in uh, another Scottish Premier League game, and the losing streak. At least the uh, they finally win their first game. In a while in the Scottish Premier League, as they took a 2 0 victory against uh, Kilmarg 
at Celtic Park in front of, well, not in an empty stadium, but still, I meant, yeah, yeah, to make the Celtic at home, Celtic faithful at home happy. All right, so here we go. So nothing in the first half, but then beginning of the, like with 57 minutes into the game, Mohamed Ensinoe got a goal to make it 1-0 uh, Chelsea, or 1-0 uh, Celtic. And then Shane Duffy, the Irishman, with 70 minutes into the game, made a 2-0 game um, with a goal. And that's basically where the final score would stand. Yeah. Celtic football win their game, their first one in the Scottish Premier League in a while, and basically over months, basically since like um, October or so. It would have to be that long. Yeah. So that's good. All right. So let's see. Where are they at in the standings now? Oh, they got back in the second place now. All right. So they're right behind Rangers. Um, let's see. They are – well, but they are trailing like I would say – 14 points or so to uh, Rangers, like 50 to uh, 34. Is that if I'm doing the math right? All right. So, yeah. So, uh, 50 points to uh, 34 points. So, they're in second place. But well, very good. All right. So, they're still keep kind of keeping the hunt going. And tomorrow they play um, in the Scottish Cup against Hearts. That game is at like um, 8 o'clock um, or 8.15 a.m. Eastern time or um, – um, my time or yeah, something like that, central time, whatever time zone you live in, depends. So yeah, it's at that time, so around like eight o'clock in the morning or something like that, seven o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock. Yeah. She's some of your East Coast fans. All right. So that's enough of Celtic football. We talked about George Gibb last week. All right, and then to on Monday it was announced um that uh Chelsea football will advance in the group or the last 16 or round of 16 in the UF or a UEFA Champions League play playoff. And they will play Atletico Madrid on February the 17th, 2021 for that, uh, that, or for that playoff matchup. So very good. All right. So we know who that uh, round of 16 in the Champions League will be. And it will be Atletico Madrid. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Then the Red Sox made a move, their first offseason move. Well, major offseason move of the offseason. They signed uh, outfielder Hunter Renfro to a one-year deal. I'm not really sure how much he got. Let me see. Yeah. I think it was in the three million or so. Three millions. I think with incentives. Let's see. All right. Hunter Renfro. Here we are. All right. So he signed a... So he signed a one-year deal, and he is guaranteed a base salary of $3.1 million with an additional $600,000 available in incentives, reports out Alex Spear of the Boston Globe. All right, so we got an outfielder. We got a really good – and he's a really good hitter too. He's a really good outfielder and a hitter too. So we are getting a really good bat and an outfielder. Which What does that mean for someone like JBJ coming back or signing someone like George Springer? I don't know. I feel like they might be out of the option. Or someone like Eddie Rosario of the Twins, will he now come to the Red Sox now? It's kind of looking like, nah, not really. I feel like they got their outfielder. And this is – I feel like that's where they'll stop there too with the outfielder stuff and uh, other position players because their their main objective of this offseason is get pitchy, whether it's a rota- starting rotation dude 
or a relief or a bullpen guy. That's what they need is basically. And I've actually heard that guys like Jake Odorizzi, Corey Kluber were options. Well, more Jake Odorizzi. And I wouldn't mind having Jake Odorizzi. Rich Hill, I heard that was another option to bring him back. Awesome. Let's bring old Rich Hill back when he's in his 50s. <laughs> yeah. He's an old man. He's older than all any of these other free agents. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically where I feel like. I I heard DJ LeMayo. I heard like the whole contract dispute with the Yankees going nowhere. So we do need a second baseman since we don't know what's happening with Pedroia and his future. Let's sign him. <laughs> I, I would just sign him just to fuck with Yankees fans. <laughs> just make Yankees fans pissed off. Let's just sign him. But I feel like it's not really going to happen. I feel like they're trying to do whatever they can to make him a Yankee forever kind of deal. Because you don't want to let your M, like almost MVP or your MVP candidate player get out, get out of your sight. No, that's the Yankees don't want to do that. They'll try everything they can to try to get each of them signed. But it's kind of looking like they might be losing right now. Yeah. I don't know where they got the money from because they always spend their money on Garrett Cole and John Carlos Stanton. And those are like huge contracts too. So I don't know where they are getting the money from. Hmm. I don't know. Beats me. Beats me off of trees. <laughs> yeah. All right. So another Chelsea football game on Tuesday or Chelsea football match on Tuesday. This time against the Wolverhampton uh, Wanderers. And I got to say... Uh, another English Premier League loss that they continue to sink down into the standings as they lose this one, two to one, two Wolverhampton Wolf or Wanderers. Let's see, yeah, come on, was it Tuesday? Uh, oh, okay, okay, we're we're off. Okay, I was about to say, whoa, hey, whoa, where's here we are? So we were on the wrong day. We were on. This Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, okay. All right, here we go. So to begin with, it looked like um, uh, Chelsea got out to a really good read. Uh, Oliver Giroud got a goal for uh, Giroud got a goal for Chelsea. He's continuing to make a difference, especially a career late or career uh different or career high difference this year as he gets the first goal for Chelsea to make it one nothing with forty nine minutes into the second half, and then um. Ponce, is that I'm saying his name right? Tied it up for the Wolverhampton uh, team to make it one nothing. Then uh, Nito got a goal for uh, Wolverhampton to make it two to one with 90 minutes. So basically, time winding down, basically kind of like the game winning goal. And sorry, folks, Chelsea football lost this one two to one. That's where the final score would be. Let's see what that does to them in the standings. They are now eighth place in the standings. So they are basically, yeah, kind of way out of it. Man, Liverpool came back? What? How? Man, they must have been on a streak. Wow. All right. So basically, yeah. So first place, Liverpool. Second place, Everton. Uh, Three, Tottenham Spurs. And then uh, four, Leicester. Huh. That's weird. Okay. Then Southampton, Manchester, Man City, Man United, and then us, West Ham, Wolverhampton, Ashton Villa, Newcastle, and then, yeah, we're not going to go for the whole yeah, for the whole standings. Jeez. All right. So, yeah. 
poop. So let's see. All right, so let's see how, what does that put us? All right, so basically one and three so far this uh, week, or at least since this episode, we won't count uh, the Celtics' uh, preseason games because you know what, preseason doesn't count, which we'll get into now. All right, so the Celtics uh, open Tuesday night at the West Fargo Ce- or West Fargo Center for their first preseason game against the 76ers, and I mean, it was kind of a great game for the rookies. Like Peyton Pritchard had a really good game, but in the end, the 76ers came out on top as they won 108. 108- to 99 to open the preseason. Not great, not good, not a good at all. Ugh, yuck. All right. All right, so let's see. All right, so let's get into, like, who the top scorers were. All right, Tuesday night. Here we are. Top scorers. All right, so basically my top scorers were – uh. Jeff Teague with 18, and then Peyton Pritchard, as I said, he had a real good night in his uh, kind of preseason or kind of rookie debut. Um, then Jason Tatum with 10, and then I believe I would probably give this nod to possibly, uh, let's see. Yeah, I'll probably give it to Robert Williams III. I feel like I would give it to him, even though he didn't really have a good night, but he did kind of have more rebounds. It was tied between uh, – um, Naismith, Aaron Naismith, but he uh, did not have one rebound. I feel like that's my kind of decider on if, like, that situation that's tied. No, 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 no. I don't want to watch the recap. All right. So, one, uh, so, uh, oh, one in the preseason, but in, in the end, the preseason doesn't really matter. I mean, it does in a little bit, but at the same time, not really. And then Wednesday was a national si- national signing day for college football. So Notre Dame football made some uh, key signings or official signings, and we'll get into them now. All right. So here we are. So they're national signings. So uh, Audric uh, Istem, a running back. I'm not really sure which school he went to. Yeah. And then uh, safety uh, Kyrie Gee. Let's see, and then let's see. Yeah, they're not really giving me stand or uh, schools. Tyler Butcher, quarterback. So yeah, this is probably going to be possibly uh, uh, Ian Book's replacement. So be uh, watchful of this guy. Then uh, Rocco Splendor or a uh, Spindler, guard. Yeah, Justin Walters, safety. Devin Apu, Apu defensive end. I am so sorry I'm butchering these poor kids' names. All right. Well, next year we will be able to learn them. I mean, they will say them, so we will eventually learn, be able to say them. Kihanu Kia. Kihanu Kia. Kihanu Kia, all right, if I'm saying that. Uh, Linebacker, Jaden Thomas, wide receiver. JoJo Johnson, corner. Josh Bryan, kicker. So that might be if Jonathan Dewar does leave, then yeah. yeah. And uh, Will Sch- uh, Schlitzner, uh, defensive. Excuse me. All right. Um, Gabriel Rubo- Rubio, defensive tackle. Pat Coogan, guard. Joe Alt, tackle. John Paulus, uh, John Paulus the third, quarterback. So that might be a. Uh, 
option two, either that or the first first or second string, depending. I feel like it's going to be Butchner. Butchner, it's probably going to be him. Uh, Chase uh, t- or Chance Tucker, corner. Uh, Lorenzo Styles Jr., wide receiver. Philip Riley, cornerback. Uh, Jason uh, Uni, defensive back or defensive end. Prince Cooley, linebacker. Uh, Caleb Johnson, tackle. Uh, Blake Fisher, tackle. Then uh, Mitchell Evans, tight end. Uh, Deion Coley's or Colsey, wide receiver. I think he was um, um, supposed to be. uh, Yeah, so he was like, I think he did decommit, but then decided to recommit. So he's back. Kane up. Burlong, Burlong, tight end, and then Ryan Barnes, corner, and that's it. So, welcome to the, yeah, welcome to the Nerd Inc. Fine Sorry we butchered your name, but eventually we will figure it out. So, sorry about that, guys. And sorry about that to the people I butchered the names. Yeah. So, let's see. How much time do I got? All right. Maybe we can talk a little bit about, all right. So uh, on December, so it was announced that Gonzaga basketball, men's basketball, will play Virginia on December the twenty sixth, so next Saturday, so a week from today. Um, so in a or a Dickel or Dixel Dixley's or Dixley's Arena, Fort Worth, Texas. And then it was announced, as I did say, the NHL officially decided to bring hockey back. For a 56-game format, so it is official. The format was um, approved by the NHL and NHL Board Governors and the Players Union or Players Association, which is their union, um, Players Union. And, yeah, so basically the start of 56 games and the start date is supposed to be January the 13th, so three weeks from now. So good. Hockey is coming back, Bruins fans. Hockey is coming back. And then... Celtics did play another uh, preseason game last night, and it, this one was a lot worse than the one in Philly. Um, they had no effort whatsoever. But good news was Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown did finally come out and actually had the um, led the scoring in uh, tonight's game. But basically from the other Celtics on offensively, not really that much. Apart from those two, not really that much. But in the end, it is preseason. I'm not going to get upset about it. I'm not going to bit. I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to just say, you know what? It's preseason. Now, if this was next week's games, which will be the regular season opener, then I will be getting angry. I will be getting angry. You will see another side of T.O. on these podcasts. But, yeah, since it is the preseason, I'm not going to really give too much about it. But I will go over who are the scoring uh, leaders. All right, for the Celtics. All right, so as I said, Jason Tatum uh, led the scoring with 19. Then Jalen Brown was 16. Then it was uh, Aaron Neesmith with nine. And then uh, Robert Williams III with eight. And that's about it. Yeah. Not going to go too much about it. It's done. It's over. Put it to rest and get ready and work, work work on some stuff and get it cleaned up before opening night. I will say, uh, how much time do we got? Maybe we can go to break and then 
possibly come back and uh, talk about Gonzaga's game and the Notre Dame loss to Clemson. Because I do want to get a little bit in the depth a little bit too about uh, the Notre Dame game and how today, tonight, or today's loss might affect our chances of the college football playoff selection Sunday tomorrow. So we will go to break, so don't go on our folks. All right, we are back to talk about today's Gonzaga game and today's not-so-great game for Notre Dame football. Yeah, I feel like this might be the end of the road for Notre Dame football's national title host, but there's still hope, at least for tomorrow. At least for tomorrow, there still might be hope. Maybe the college football playoff selection crew or committee will maybe turn a blind eye and possibly put leave Notre Dame, at least bumping down to number three. I'm not very sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but at least possibly tonight, you really shouldn't feel confident about Notre Dame's chances, maybe of maybe a national title, especially after getting embarrassed like they did tonight. All right. But first Gonzaga men's basketball and and you would thought, and you would think, after almost being a week off, after shutting down, after positive tests for COVID, with their team staff, you would thought that they would be rusty. The number one team in the land would be rusty, out of shape, out of uh, out of balance, off touch, with a really good and a hot team like Iowa, who has basically possibly the best player in the country right now. Luca Garza, basically a phenomenal player who basically people are calling Garzilla. Yeah, Garzilla. Yeah, that's why I actually heard from national broadcasters today on today's game. They called him Garzilla. But you know what? They came out and felt like there was no rust whatsoever. We are still the number one ranked team in the land. Basically, the number one team in the land. And show us some respect, Iowa. And candid Iowa, their first loss of the year. As the Gonzaga men's Bulldogs team win this one by 11 points, 99-288. So here we go. So basically your lead scorers were uh, Jalen Suggs with 27. uh, Drew Drew Timmy with 15. Timmy! And I believe it was a tie between... uh, uh, For... uh, For... Or... uh, For... For... uh, I think it was actually a tie. I'll give it a tie, like four-way tie between uh, Corey Crispit or Corey Kispert and uh, Aaron uh, Newhard, Aaron New- Nemhard. Yeah, our Florida, our Florida Gators transferred. Yeah. So a very good day. Everybody played good. They were shooting the ball really good. Let's see, three-pointers. So 50% from three-point land, so pretty good, decent. Yeah, 18% for uh, Iowa, who is basically a known – well shooting three point team and they shot 18.2%. 4 for 22. Wow, I didn't know it was that bad. I heard they were having difficulties, but I didn't know it was that bad. Wow. Yeah, probably why they lost. But they did kind of make it a little bit interesting up until the end in the second half, but in the end, um Gonzaga was able to hold on and once again, they beat another ranked team, another tough opponent once again, and they are still undefeated 4-0. Still number one in the land, again, this time against Iowa. So, yeah, they basically took out basically took out Kansas. They took out uh, – I could be uh, – hold on. I get, 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 get. 
forgot who the second opponent was. Yeah, it's been a while. They didn't play Baylor. Yeah, the Baylor game didn't happen. Oh, Auburn. They did take on Auburn. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. They weren't really right. Well, knowing the fact that they were in the Final Four or um, Final Four a couple of years ago, or at least last year, technically not 2019, because 2020 didn't happen for uh, men's basketball or 2020 for the NCAA tournament didn't happen. So basically last year was 2019. So, yes, yeah, so they beat Kansas. They beat Auburn. Uh, they beat West Virginia. They escaped from that game. And then they beat Iowa. And then the rest of the – well, they do have to play Virginia, as I said, the day after Christmas that Saturday, so a week from today. So, yeah. Virginia, the defending national champions, so to say. They're not really acting like the defending national champions. Well, three and one, I mean, not bad. I mean, 17th ranked in the land. I mean, but still, still got to give them some respect. They are still defending national champs, and you still got to give them their respect until they be, until they are dethroned. Yeah. But they won it in 2019. Yes, but there was no tournament in 2020 because of COVID. That's when the whole pandemic started on March. I, that's when I thought that the whole pandemic was for real and really serious when they canceled the whole March Madness. They catch the whole March Madness tournament or the NCAA tournament. That's why I thought, oh my, this pandemic is for real. <laughs> They're always shutting down the, the most sacred and most treasured tournament, especially at this time of the year, this month. Then you know something's wrong. Then you know something is wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Now for the final game of the week Nerdane football. They played in the ACC game, and I got to tell you, yeah, they did not play like the Notre Dame football that beat Clemson on November the 7th or the Notre Dame football that I've seen play this entire year. They felt they looked like a team that looked lost. They looked confused. They were, they were embarrassed. And the final score of this one, Clemson 34 Notre Dame 10, and they are still king, or Clemson is still kings of the ACC. Even after they lost. Yeah, even after they lost. All right. Let's get into the box score. So to begin with, Notre Dame did get on the board first. Um, after a failed attempt to get into the end zone, John Adore hit a 51-yard field goal. It almost kind of looked like it didn't go in, but um, – it went in somehow, and the score was 3 nothing Notre Dame with 8-16 left in the first quarter. And then with 41 seconds left, Clemson had gone on the board. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, yes, Trevor Lawrence is back. He he started in this one, uh, not uh, DJ Uli Ungalele. Um, so he threw a pass, 60-yarder, to uh, Amaria Rodgers. That took it all – he who took it all the way – PAT is good. 7-3, Clemson leads. Then the second quarter, Clemson got on the board again. They increased their lead. Trevor Lawrence threw to a EJ, or EJ Williams for a 30-yard pass. Um, PAT is good. 14-3, Clemson led. Then a field goal by P, or PT Potter, 27-yarder with 428 left in the half to make it 17-3, Clemson. And then with 21 seconds left in the fir- in the fir- in the second quarter, um, Travis Travis 
Travis ATN ran for a 44-yard run. PAT is good. 24-3 Clemson leads. Then the third quarter, this is where basically the nail in the coffin basically goes. Um, with 3.43 left in the third quarter, Trevor Lawrence ran for a 34-yard run. He took it in himself. As you can tell, PAT is good. 31-3 to three, Clemson leads. And then the fourth quarter, a PT or PT or BT Potter 30-yard field goal to uh, makes it 34-3 Clemson. But then Notre Dame did get one more touchdown. A uh, Chris Tyree 21-yard run. He took it in himself. Jonathan Doerr hit the extra point to make it 34-10. But that was basically just a basic dent in the armor. That this is where the final score would stand. Notre Dame undefeated season they are undefeated no more and right before christmas crap and you do have to worry too after a loss like this what is the college football committee going to college football playoff committee going to think now do they really want someone like Notre Dame who just basically got the crap kicked out of them in this game in this postseason but you do have to take into account with their resume and how well they kind of have played, especially playing against winning against someone like a Clemson for the first time and beating them on their home, on their uh, whole field convincingly. Yeah. Maybe that might be help might be help too. But at the same time, I don't know. There are teams like Texas A&M are trying to get into and they won to, I believe they won today. They, yeah, they won convincingly. Let's see. I could be wrong in that. I'm pretty sure they did win. But I could be wrong. Yep, Texas A&M won 34-13 against Tennessee. So, yeah, and they might want to get in, too. Yeah. So that might be trouble. But all is not lost. Tomorrow is the deciding or basically the final selection day or selection day for the college football postseason or a playoff. So they will pick the final four. Um our participants, hopefully Notre Dame is one of those four. A lot of people were thinking maybe there are some people saying, like, if Notre Dame doesn't get their crap together in the second half, then, yeah, the committee might bump on out. But there are some people, like, I think Kurt Pertreet did say, and, like, somebody did, or him or one of the other, uh, the other guys said, basically, yeah, I mean, I really don't see them – not making the postseason, them in Ohio State not making the postseason. But I can, me personally, I feel like since Ohio State did not play a full season and Notre Dame played a full season, technically, I feel like they might get booted out, but they did win their game today. Ohio State did beat um, Northwestern. So that's not good news. So I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow, at least my time, 11 a.m but Eastern time at noon. So we'll find out what the college football playoff committee decides. Hopefully Notre Dame still national title hopes are still alive with this decision. Yeah, But you kind of do have to consider coming out of this game. Could really Notre Dame win a national title, at least this year. I don't know. I feel like my, I feel like basically before three o'clock this morning or three o'clock this afternoon, I thought they were still alive. But after this game, I don't know. 
I mean, are, is really Alabama going to let them – or Alabama just going like, are they going to do this to Alabama? Seriously, if this happens to Alabama, then that would be like a really disaster. Or Clemson again, Ohio State. No, they're not gonna. Yeah, they're not gonna let. Yeah, they're not gonna let up. They're not gonna say, "Oh well, Notre Dame, since it was your, this is gonna be your first time since 1988 winning a national title, we'll just let you through." No, they're gonna. They don't care. It's been like 88 years. Hey, let's increase it even more. Yeah, let's make sure you never win a national title ever again. Now it suck, especially for someone who has never seen Notre Dame ever win a national title in football. That would stink so much. I mean, someone who basically, as an original, this is basically the original OG team that I actually cheered for, Notre Dame football. Yeah. Even since I was a little baby, I had a picture of me holding a Notre Dame football, which I do have in my office or in my uh, office in my house or slash study. Study. Yeah, I have it on one of my shelves. That same football that my cousin uh, Rocky O'Shea, yes, Rocky O'Shea, that's his actual name, gave me as like a basically a pet present idea when I was one year old or something like that, or basically an infant. I've just had it ever since then. So basically, that's basically my OG team. That was even before I even became a fan of the Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins, Patriots, Celtic football, Chelsea football, Gonzaga men's bat basketball, Wright State baseball, and Boston College hockey. That was basically OG team, Notre Dame football. Maybe because, yes, that's been in my family's heritage for a while. My uncle grew up a Notre Dame. My uncle and my dad grew up Notre Dame fans. Grew up in Chicago in an Irish Catholic uh, household. And basically, that's just been family tradition. I just followed them ever since then. That's actually the real team that I actually have in common with my Uncle Tom. Yeah, it's basically Notre Dame football. I mean, everything else, he's basically a Chicago sports fan. He's a White Sox fan, um, Bears fan. I'm not really sure if he's a Chicago Bulls fan. I'm not really sure he's big on the NBA. But he is a Blackhawks fan. I do know that, too. So he is, yeah. But everything else, yeah. Yeah, at least I have common ground with him on that Notre Dame football. All right. So speaking of Notre Dame football, we did finish a book review. We did not do um what I've been watching, been watching lately this week because I had something going on on Thursday, so we weren't able to get into it. So, but we did finish a book report. So we got a book done. So basically, this book is basically um about Notre Dame football, about basically the early days of Notre Dame football. So basically, the new Rockney era. So basically, yeah, about those guys like George Gipp, Nuke Rockney, the Four Horsemen, and basically the how Notre Dame football became a small, how basically Notre Dame became a powerhouse school in football, basically by these group of guys. And the book is called The Gipper, George Gipp, Nuke Rockney, and the Dramatic Rise of Notre Dame Football. It's written by Jack Cavanaugh. And the book basically goes into both the uh, first goes off in the book, uh, both the uh, George Gipp and Nuke Rockney's earlier days, basically how they both grew up and how they came to Notre Dame football and became part of that program. Um, it talks about a little bit about the 1913 uh, Army and Navy or uh, uh, Notre Dame and Army game where Nuke Rockney, then a player and teammate Gus DeRay, basically brought about the forward pass and basically 
helped Notre Dame upset Army and basically brought about the beginning of the rise of Notre Dame football. Basically, uh, Rockney's first season as head coach at uh, Notre Dame football in 1918 and how his team fought through adversity during World War One, and how basically some of their players were going off and fight, fighting the war, um, getting drafted and fighting the war. And during the Spanish flu pandemic, how some of their games were getting postponed, but they still played on. They still played on, even though that there was a deadly pandemic, they still played on and still played games. Yeah. Talked about uh, George Gibbs' uh, 1919 season and 1920 season, especially his 1920 season and how he was basically instrumental in bringing the rise of Notre Dame football or increasing it. Then it talks about uh, his death in 1920, which Monday was the 100th anniversary. If you did see the post that I posted on Instagram and uh, Twitter, yeah, I did do the whole uh, George Gibbs speech or basically supposed speech. <laughs> there actually are some speculations of that speech actually happening. But, you know, what? it does make for a good story. It does make for a good story, even though it really didn't really happen or something like that, that version of the speech didn't really happen. It was still kind of good to kind of hear. It still makes you like feel a sports feel-good story. Then it talks about the Four Horsemen and the 1924 National Championship season, the first of Notre Dame's 11 national titles. Talks about the 1928 uh, Army and Notre Dame game, where basically the first version of the win one for the Gipper speech was basically uh, – uh, originated from and how basically, or basically this is how it happened. And I did allude this in the last episode, basically give or uh Rocky did give a speech or something like that, but it wasn't like the speech that we all know and love as Notre Dame football fans. It was basically like, Hey, this is who George Gipp was. He was a former player in Notre Dame before even you guys are even like, even like still in grade school or still. Yeah. Basically in elementary school, this is who he was. He died untimely, and he just told me before he died, hey, win one for me, and he thought, let's go win one for the Gipper. And that's basically kind of re- led the rally, and it did work. Notre Dame won that game 12-6. to Yeah, so they beat Army again. Yeah. Then talks about the 1929 and 1930 National Championship season and their perfect seasons too. Um, talks about, lastly, the death of Newt Rockney in 1931 when his plane was uh, heading to California and crashed in Bazaar, Kansas. And basically the legacy, him, George Gipp, and the four horsemen of Notre Dame brought to Notre Dame and basically the country. Like, there are even some towns in America that are actually named after Newt Rockney. Like, actually, Rockney, Texas. I think there's, like, a couple of streets, like one in Taylorsville, Illinois, called Rockney Street or something like that. So basically, it does a really good job of talking about George Gibb, how like basically how he wasn't always the saint that the 1940 New Rockney All-American film kind of made him out to be. Um, basically, who uh, did like who, yeah, and how the role was played by Ronald Reagan, my favorite president of all time. Yeah, I feel like that's my personal favorite. And it also goes into detail how Gibb was given classes, how he was missing practices, um, to go play pool that de- or play do pool down the speakeasies because yeah, because speakeasies, this is like prohibition and alcohol was banned. Speaking. Oh, all right. All right. Speaking of booze. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. All right. So yeah. So South Bend, 
So basically down South Bend. And basically, which if this happened today for Notre Dame football, oh, dude, there there would be uh, penalties coming down from the NCAA. There would – yeah, you would see those wins if he was actually – he would that would actually make him ineligible to play. And basically, Rockney basically uh, – not basically how – like he kind of let this stuff kind of get away too. He wasn't like the same too that the movie kind of made him out to be too. He was still a good guy, just – he wasn't really perfect as the movie kind of made him out to be. All right, kind of turned a blind eye to Gibbs' behavior, which the NCAA would not tolerate either. Yeah. yeah. But since there was really no governing body back during uh, Gibbs' time and stuff like that, during Rockney's time, there really is no way of, like, really punishing these guys now. I mean, or punishing them back then. They basically, yeah, they were even paying some of these guys, too, to play. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. They were actually paying some of these guys to actually play. Like, they were actually paying them. They were actually playing some semi-pro football, too, which, it, if this happened today, would never happen. Like, they were – the book also went into stuff like how some of these college football players back then, if they were playing today's game, they would not be getting away with the same stuff as it were today. No. The NCAA would basically bring down penalties and sanctions. Yeah, there's no way. But you do kind of have to give them credit. Give Rockney – Gip, or Rockney and Gip credit. They are the reason why Notre Dame football turned out from being a small Catholic Midwest school in South Bend, Indiana, into a powerhouse football team where everybody knows, if you say Notre Dame football, oh, or everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. But back then, they basically put them on the map kind of deal with their, basically how they turned that whole program from nothing to something. From something to nothing, yeah. So, yeah, I just thought just reading it. I, and it was perfect timing, too, that we got this book done. Especially since um, the Sunday or uh, Saturday we got done, uh, that following Monday or that last, or this Monday would have been the 100th anniversary of his death. Yeah. It's also, um, I believe, 70-something anniversary of something else, too. That's unrelated to this. It's called um, during World War II, called the Battle of the Bulge. Um, basically, my uh, grand grand uncle was a part of that, and that was pretty neat too. That's kind of special to me too. I flew the 101st Airborne flag out on Wednesday, which was the anniversary of the beginning of that battle, which he was a part of as a member of the 101st Airborne as a medic. So that's pretty good. So anyway, so it's a very good – this book is a very good read, and I recommend it to anyone wanting to read a good sports book or a book about Notre Dame football. Yeah, check it out. George Gip – or The Gipper, George Gip, Nuke Rockney, and Dramatic Rise of Notre Dame Football by Jack Cavanaugh. So go check it out. All right. So we'll go to break and then talk about fancy foot or fancy sports and then wrap it up. Get done for the holidays. Yeah. All right, we are back to wrap up the show, so we're going to do fancy, fancy sports. All right, so we got done at least, uh, I think we did have one more draft, at least for uh, Yahoo Hockey. So that's all for ESPN, or not Yahoo Hockey, uh, ESPN Hockey. So we got that done. Let's see, which team was that? I believe that was, uh, I believe the Boston Toms. All right. So basically, yeah, we got Brad Marshawn. I mean, honestly, I mean, Sedano Chara, Charlie McAvoy, Tory Krug, uh, Mac Rizlik, Chukarask, and Halak. 
uh, Bruins as in. Yeah, and then we got a few others like uh, Ochi or uh, Oshi, Oshi uh, Carlson or uh, Carlson, basically the Las Vegas dude. Let's see, Dougie Hamilton, a few other guys, and a few other guys. Yeah, um, we got a uh, Stamkos of uh, Tampa Bay. Pretty neat. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. This team does really good. I hope so. All right, let's see. All right, so basically here we go. So we did get done Charles the Goat, and basically, yes, I did draft Char as one of my choices. He was my first overall choice. It was the Nikia Khrushchev of uh, Tampa Bay. I got Pasternak. Let's see who else. Um, a few other guys too. New got Vander Kane from uh Yeah, so we got him. This is uh Charles the Goat. Channel 4 News team. Who other uh got Bergeron? Charlie Coyle or Charlie McAvoy, not Charlie Coyle, um Drew Darfrey, Jonathan Taze, and uh Fasileski of uh Tampa Bay. I got him as a goalie. This is the Channel 4 news team. And then Sean McDermott. I got that uh, Lionel Drysdale of uh, Edmonton. So I got him. Vander Kane, as I said. Um, Lindholm of uh, Calgary. Let's see. Who else? Anybody else? I got uh, that Mark Mark Andre Fleury as a goalie. So awesome. Pretty good. And then lastly, sorry to bore you guys, the Spitting Chicklets, named after the Barstool uh, Hockey uh, Podcast. Um, Austin Matthews, I had him. Somebody tried trading with me with him and uh, this and the other guy from New York, uh, Mark Sebastian. Or Sebastian. Yeah, they wanted to trade him and Austin, Matt- Austin Matthews. No, I'm not trading it. No, those are my two best players. You're not. You're not taking them. No, buddy, no. You're not dumbfounding me in the trading of these two. Yeah. All right. And that's about it. So uh basketball fancy basketball is supposed to start pretty soon next week with the uh, opening not opening night starting October the 22nd. Hopefully my teams do well. Well, let's go over um some yeah, go over okay, my mind uh with uh fancy football. Yeah, fancy football. Yeah, my mind. Yeah, it's been a long week. Long week. All right, hopefully it's pretty much over. All right. All right, so Mr. Garrison, they finished the season 3 and 11, so their season's done. So no postseason matchups. They're done. Our Kellerman's a schmuck. They are um, finished uh, the season 2 with 11 or 3 and 11 record, so they're done. No games, no postseason for them. And right now, the Cacasio Squadron, they are 2-12 and 12 and are dead last. But they're in at least the Constellation or loser's bracket of the postseason. And right now, they are losing the Jacobs team 74.22-3. Yeah, and they are projected to lose. Yeah. How did a team that finished second and almost one couple points away from winning the league are now dead last right now? How? How does this happen? How? Right. O'Connell Street, they are four and nine. 
right now. And currently, right now, they're losing to Memoraz team 19.10 to nothing. And they are projected to the. Oh, actually, no, they're projected to win. Huh. They are projected to win. And right now, let's see, where are they in playoff matchups? Because they're in the postseason. They are. So if they win. Yeah, so if they win 11th place, well, they would just get 11th place. Okay, so never mind. So technically, they won't finish dead last. Okay. All right, fine by me. Yeah. All right. Okay. Then Dobby. They are uh, 3 and 10 right now in dead last in their league. And currently, right now, they are losing to the Indy Colts 48.90 to 3. And they are projected to lose, as usual, with pretty much all these teams in Yahoo right now. All right. And they are battling for the 11th place uh, trophy. And, yeah, they're probably going to end up dead last. Crap. Man, not a great year for fantasy football, at least for Yahoo so far. I only got one good team, and it's uh, James Conley. We'll get into that in a little bit. All right, so going deep, named after the Barstool uh, NFL podcast. Uh, they are uh, – Four and ten, and right now they are losing to a uh, early to early to rise, uh, thirty two to thirty two point thirty two to three. And but they are projected to win. They are projected to win, and I believe this is the constellation of quarterfinal. So if they win, they would probably move on to the semifinal, I believe, or either the final. I'm not. Yeah, actually, I think it's a semifinal. I was wrong. The semifinal, where they will probably either play uh, straight out Hopkins or uh, Brewster's Baker. What great names. What very great names for some of these fancy teams. Man, Alabama's winning. They're beating Florida 27 to 10. All right. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be the national champions. That team is just too good. All right. So Brady's the GOAT. Their season has been done for a while. They finished the year 1-12. and 12. Yeah. I feel like combined with that and Poppy's the GOAT, they have combined of one win and an infinity of losses. Yeah, it's not great. I'm doing this dishonor to both these GOATs. Yeah, I'm doing this dishonor to the GOATs. All right. So James Conley, as I said, the my only team in Yahoo Fantasy actually doing good. They are 10 and 4 right now, third place in their league. But currently, right now, they're in the postseason and they are currently losing to Brian's team 11.10 to 10. But they are oh no, never mind. They're not projected to win. Never mind. Never mind. So basically, they will probably be in third place in the third place game. Crap. My only shot at winning the title. Now gone. How? All right, let's get into uh, ESPN Fantasy. And this is kind of strange a little bit, too. Apparently, they had both last week's and this week's game now in a combined. So, basically, it's kind of like a postseason right now. All right, so currently right now, let's see. Currently right now, so Bobby Boucher's are uh, playing uh, Re- Tony's Rednecks. Uh, the Bush- Bobby Boucher's are eight and five, and they're currently right now losing to Tony's Rednecks in the playoffs. Forty six point forty six one hundred forty six point eight to one hundred twenty four point seventy six. 
So not great. Oh, I'll be right back. I'm back. Just had to get something. All right. So Billy Billy, they are playing America's team. Billy Billy are six and seven and six right now. And but they and they are beating um, America's team. 116.50 or 54 254.52 and let's see see where they are in the postseason all right they are in the constellation round and if they uh win they move on to round two face either i don't know either one yeah somebody not really sure how that's all made up how that's all made up all right, so Declan Harps, they are 7-6, and six, and currently right now they are losing the team. Bathurst, 161.84 to 148.78, so not great. I believe they're in the consolation round. I could be totally wrong by that. They – oh, actually, they're in the playoffs. So, yeah, so if they win, which is looking like they might not, they move on to the championship round. Oh, awesome. So Declan Harps, okay, all right. Try to get it done if you can. If now you're playing a third place game, <sighs> how? Yeah. All right, and then uh, Joe stop Joe Exotic for president. They are seven and six, and are currently right now losing the team T one hundred eleven point four two sixty six point twenty two. All right, and right now they are in. They are in. The basic constellation round loses bracket, so yeah. No hope. All right. All right. I hate rats. They are seven and six and are currently right now losing the QQ quasi quarantine 103.62 to 94.22. All right. And where are they at? I bet you they're in the constellation round. Yep, they are in the constellation round. So loses bracket. All right, we're still here. They are seven and si or six and seven, and are currently right now beating Team Raiders 96.44 to 78.34. And I believe they're in the constellation round. I could be wrong or lose this bracket. Yes, they are. They are. All right, Eric Cartman's. Uh, right now they are two and eleven. And currently, right now, they are 149.32, or winning 149.32 to 80.08 to uh, Team 23. And I believe they're in the constellation round. I could be totally wrong about that. Uh, yes, they are. Yeah. Well, if they are two and eleven, they are in the losers bracket, Tom. And New England Toms. Are uh, two and eleven, and are currently right now being Team Mason, sixty three point ninety four to forty point fifty, and they are in the in the losers bracket. I'm just not going to look at it. If they are two and eleven, they are technically in the losers. They are definitely in the losers bracket. All right, that's it for fantasy. Sorry I bored you guys. You, you you could easily just fast forward through that if you wanted to. All 
So, next Friday, or this coming Friday, it's Christmas. Christmas time. And since this year is a little bit different now, since not all of us can all be together because of the pandemic, at least with extended family, at least I'm going to be meeting with my immediate family. We're going to uh, meet on the 23rd and have a uh, celebrate my brother's birthday, which will be on the 28th. We're just, we just decided to celebrate it that on the 23rd maybe because that's when everybody can all get together and stuff like that. Um, then Christmas Eve, um, we're going to all meet, we're all going to meet and have a lunch. I know my church isn't going to do anything. They're probably just going to do stuff like virtually and stuff like that, but I'm, I don't know. It just doesn't feel the same as actually going to the actual church and actually celebrating the service. I might take part in some of it, but not to the full. Yeah. I feel like that's what my parents' uh, church, uh, they're planning on doing. They're doing it virtually, and they're saying, yeah, we're not going to do it either. And they're the most religious of, like, they're even more religious than me, and, like, they're saying, yeah, we're not going to. Yeah. It's not the same. Well, taking into account, they are the older generation, so basically – they're not really used to the whole virtual thing like we are. <laughs> so, yeah, and then yeah, and then Christmas Day, we're going to open presents. Yeah. It's going to be fun seeing someone like Fox and maybe Holland. I don't know. Holland's a little bit too young now since he's like two or three months old. So, yeah, it'll be kind of a little weird for him. Well, yeah, two months old. Yeah, two months old. So, yeah, it would be kind of weird for him to try to open presents. I know Fox is going to be animated as heck. And a little guy, two years old, he, he, like, I heard from my sister today that, like, he was actually, um, during, uh, breakfast or so, was, uh, playing with his truck, or after, during, like, the morning, was playing with his trucks and cars and stuff like that, and talking to him and saying, like, hello, Uncle Tom. Like, pretending that I was actually in the car. That was pretty neat. Like, I thought it was pretty cute. It was just, and pretending, like, he's pretending that I'm there, too, trying to play with cars. It was pretty neat. That just made me see you, so, yeah. Yeah, I love that little guy. Although we might lose in the beat, at least as a baseball fan to the Oakland Athletics. Yeah. Apparently, he loves elephants. He loves elephants, and apparently, which he calls them, babars. Babars, yeah. And um, so, basically, yeah, so we might lose him as an A's fan. Which isn't bad. I mean, as I said when we started the show, I would let my – nephews pick whatever or nephews and nieces pick whatever teams they want to cheer for if they wanted to but there are some ground rules for baseball if they ever become a yankees fan i am yeah i don't know what i'll do i probably wouldn't talk to them for a while um they become a steelers fan for football no a lakers fan for basketball no uh Ca canadians fan for hockey no a USC or a Michigan fan for college football? No. Let's see. What's Gonzaga's rival? Probably anybody in the West Coast Conference. No. Anybody in um, Wright States? Or Wright States? Yeah. Yeah. Any of that? Yeah. You know, yeah. So there will be some teams that they will not be allowed to cheer. But if any, I mean, they'll, if they want to cheer for whoever, then it's fine by me. Unless Fox has a reason why he wants to cheer for. The athletics, if that ever becomes the case. Yeah. Because he already sees, like, the mascot, and it's actually an elephant. Yeah. Bad bars. Bad bars. Baseball. 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 Bad bars. Yeah. 
That'll be neat. It's going to be a great time. At least we'll try to make a best of it in these pandemic times. It's not going to be be great, but you know what? We'll get through it. All right. So the last episode for 2020. When the next time we meet, it's going to be 2021. Yeah, it's going to be January 2021. Probably New Year's week. New Year's week, I should say. So, yes, as I said, we're not going to record an episode next week because I'm going to take that whole week off to celebrate Christmas. So, sorry, guys. So, that's why we're going to end the show with um, a Christmas song. And it's done by my favorite band ever, the guys who do the intro music. I'm shipping up to Boston for this show, Dropkick Murphys. I love Dropkick Murphys. They're my favorite band. If I had to pick a favorite band, that would be my favorite band, Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, they just came out with a new Christmas song and a couple of songs too. And they did announce too that next month they will release their 10th album of their band for their band. Yeah, at least the details of it. And then mid-January or late January show, they will release the 10th album. So I'm I'm really stoked for that. I'm really let's go. Let's go. But we're really we're um, playing at the end of the show their Christmas song, Christmas Baby Please Come Home, their version or rendition of the song. So it's pretty neat. I actually listened to it. It's really neat. It's a really neat song. Yeah. Kind of has like, yeah, kind of one of my favorite Christmas uh, Dropkick Murphys. But better than the one that they played like last Christmas song they did, uh, The Seasons Upon Us. I mean, that song was pretty good too, but this one's pretty good too. I mean, it's pretty, yeah. It's has a little bit of that retro version of that song, but a little bit of Celtic Irish kind of like this is something Dropkick Murphys would play. So it's pretty neat. We'll play at the end. Yeah. Anything else to go over? I think we're good. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share. Keep doing what I love. Subscribe, rate, review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you can. Follow the show on Twitter at uh socks under or us uh, follow the show at Twitter at podcast under or at podcast royal. Then follow my personal Twitter page at junkyard dog underscore 92. We'll have all that in the details of the episode. Uh, follow the Instagram page at Royal Rooters 1992. And then follow my or now we're back on TikTok. Yeah, we're back on TikTok, but we're not gonna make dance videos, we're just gonna just report final scores and stuff like that. Um, so follow the show on TikTok too. We'll get you the details of that. But for now, we're back on TikTok. And then follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, Overcast, Podcast, and or Stitcher. Or wherever you get your podcast from. It doesn't matter to us. And with that being said, I feel like that about do it. See you guys. Bunyana. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to the to those who are not celebrating Christmas. And see you guys in 2021.
it's not like Christmas at all Cause I remember when you were here And all the fun we had last year lights on the train I'm watching them shine You should be here with me It's not like Christmas at all Cause I remember when you were here And all the fun we had last year Let's see. Go get Ferris. No, I don't. Here, da, da, da. Yeah, here we are. All right. Come out, Ferris. After this ad. All right. Sorry about that. So, yeah. Never Dame's undefeated yet. Or, or not undefeated yet. Here we go. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Please go home. 2020 for this show is over. Go home. Go. Go home, you scallywags. See you in 2021. Happy holidays. <laughs>